Hello and welcome to another episode of Coping with COVID-19. My name is Michael Kern from the Ottawa Business Journal. Today we go once again behind the headlines to take a look at some of the biggest business stories of the week. Uh, this week in terms of local business news was certainly punctuated with news from Shopify about future plans for its office space. Uh, we're also going to dig into what that might mean for office related companies. And finally today we'll take a look at continuing challenges at Ottawa's International Airport. So let's go behind the headlines right now with OBJ's editors. First off, we've got Peter Cabessi, OBJ's head of content. Thanks for joining us, Peter. And we have uh, Peter, uh, we have David Sally, excuse me, OBJ editor. Uh, Peter, we're gonna start with you and, and uh, look at the Shopify story that was so interesting. Um, this is uh, a time where lots of businesses are looking to re-enter their office space and yet Shopify seems to be going in the exact opposite direction. Uh, give us a sense of what's happening at Shopify. Well, the main announcement was that Shopify is not going to reopen its offices to its employees until 2021 at the earliest. Uh, but this isn't just a delay by a few months. This is actually a rethink about uh, how uh, Shopify um, uses its office space. So what the company said is that it is now going to be a digital by default company and that the era of office centricity is over. Uh, this is uh, significant for a few reasons. Um, first off, Shopify has such a large presence uh, in Ottawa's downtown core. So certainly as it continues to, uh, to grow, it has implications for the city's commercial real estate sector. Uh, but what's also so interesting is that anyone who's been inside uh, Shopify's offices knows that it's just designed for collaboration. And they were a real leader in this space when they opened up uh, their Elgin Street headquarters uh, a few years ago. So it's raising a lot of questions as to uh, whether or not this is a sign of things to come uh, for the uh, wider tech community. And uh, Dave, I'm going to come back to you now on the Shopify story. So we all know about this uh, incredible office space that Shopify occupies at 150 Elgin Street. And they've also started uh, looking at another building and potentially some uh, renovations are there. But what is the larger ramifications in terms of commercial real estate, the downtown uh, core from this Shopify news? Uh, well, Mike, I did speak earlier today with a couple of uh, very prominent um, uh, real estate brokers in Ottawa, uh, Nathan Smith from Cushman and Wakefield and, um, um, and Ike Elaferis from Marcus and Millichap. And they actually both agreed that, that they, they feel that the overall implications of this might be a little overblown, that it won't be as dramatic as what you might have seen at first glance from the headlines yesterday, uh, that ultimately... They both uh, feel that Shopify, while yes, uh, it will encourage many of its employees to continue working from home uh, once the quote unquote new normal resumes, that in fact, uh, it will find that, 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 that um, as, uh, as the three C's, as, um, as uh, Smith called them, uh, uh, collaboration, creativity, and culture are best served by actually being in a face-to-face -face environment in an office building like they have at 150 Elgin. So you're not gonna see a dramatic exodus, they feel from companies suddenly saying, yeah, we don't need our office space downtown. Uh, and Dave, let's just uh, take a little bit of a different perspective on that. You were just speaking about commercial real estate, but there are uh, suppliers uh, when it comes to downtown and uh, uh, office space everywhere, uh, including those in the furniture industry the furniture industry has seen millions of dollars in businesses as people move more to a collaboration type uh, layout. What do you think, uh, what are you hearing from those sectors, for example, furniture suppliers? 
Yeah, well, uh, like exactly yesterday, I was talking to uh, a couple of people in the office supply, uh, office equipment space in town. A couple of big names, Bill Tutant from Advanced Business Interiors um, was one of them. And he told me that, you know, when this is a major business, I mean, uh, ABI, they do tens of millions of dollars of revenue a year. He said their sales are down 90% in the last two months. Whoa. Last month, they did in, in 30 days roughly um what they would normally do in three days so uh yeah i mean it's uh, it's incredible he just said the phones have stopped ringing i mean they did have some government contracts come in early in the first quarter that are really tiding them over but he said right now everybody's just hunkered down at home waiting to see what's going to happen so uh so at the moment um he, you know he really doesn't have a lot to do he's had to lay off about 80 percent of his staff temporarily uh, that's tough news for people in the furniture industry, Peter. There will be other offices uh, looking to reconfigure their space um, in terms of the layout, the configuration to provide some social distancing and separation. What do you think that will mean on a more general basis? You know, for me, a big eye-opener was uh, came a couple of weeks ago when I was talking to uh, EasyGuard. This is a uh, spinoff of... Um, uh, some West End companies, uh, including uh, Turlin Construction. So they're going 16 hours a day pumping out plexiglass shields. And what was interesting to me is that they're not just manufacturing these for service counters and uh, cash registers. They also have models designed for boardrooms and co-working spaces. And that, that really helped me visualize just how all the offices uh, that uh, that we left in, uh, in, in March are going to look so different as people start returning uh, to work. So there are some furniture dealers out there, you know, more broadly that are hoping that they're going to have a bit of a bounce as uh, employers start to retool their workspaces uh, with things like partitions, removable walls, and just other components that will still enable that uh, collaboration that we we're just talking about a moment ago while still respecting physical distancing. Well, it'll be fascinating to see how all of this plays out. Um, Dave, we're going to move on to our last story of the day it involves the Ottawa airport. Um, the airport, uh, like we just heard um, it, it, from some of your responses, has been severely impacted. Uh, the, the statistics for uh, travel and, and volume of people moving through the airport uh, is incredibly low. What's the latest, uh, Dave? I think you had a chance to speak with some officials at the airport. Uh, yes, I did, Mike. Earlier this week, I talked to Mark LaRoche, the president and CEO of the Ottawa International Airport Authority. And yes, he told me the financial picture at the airport is grim, to say the least. Um, he said the airport will likely have to borrow in the range of $150 million over the next two years just to cover its operating expenses. Uh, and that's simply because it's there are no flights landing and taking off from the airport these days. Um, in pre-pandemic times, there would be 200 arriving and departing flights a day. Now there's maybe 15, and that's meant that the landing fees, the uh, you know the departure taxes that the airport would normally be raking in, they're not getting any of that. So uh, he said it's going to be a huge number when it comes to to the airport's deficit uh, for the next couple of years, and um, and he said he doesn't really you know see that bouncing back uh um anytime soon uh he said it won't be until probably 2022 at the earliest before we really start to see a rebound in um uh, any type of significant rebound in in air traffic um and so that's caused the airport to put 
all kinds of projects. Most capital projects have been put on hold, including the much ballyhooed um, uh, revamp of their concessions. So, Peter, that's tough news uh, for sure. Um, as we're seeing on screen, though, there is some signs uh, that domestic uh, travel might recover. So give us a sense of, um, uh, of what might happen from a domestic perspective and how it might help the airport. So at the moment, uh, the airport is expecting to see Air Canada and WestJet uh, add a few more flights to uh, to their domestic uh, schedule in June. Uh, additionally, uh, they're also expecting uh, Delta to uh, resume its regular Ottawa to uh, Detroit uh, route. Uh, this centers around the hope that uh, there will be a, a bit of an uptick in uh, in uh, domestic travel uh, as uh, as the summer season uh, approaches. Now there are no guarantees. Uh, the airlines could change uh, their uh, their their plan. But uh, there was a bit of related news uh, yesterday, and uh, and that was that Via Rail is going to uh, be adding uh, one more uh, round trip uh, between Ottawa and Toronto. Uh, let's be clear; these are very, very you know modest um, additions. We're going from one to two round trips to uh, to Toronto. It's down from about ten on a regular day, and uh, we're still just sitting at one uh, trip between Ottawa and Montreal uh, per day. But if we are looking for a little bit of good news, is that those um, um, uh, companies and operators on sort of the, the front lines are seeing enough signs uh, of, of increased demand to very, very slowly be adding uh, a bit of capacity, uh, which can, you know, give us a little bit of hope that uh, possibly the worst is behind us and that we are slowly inching towards a broader recovery. Yeah, it, it does make you think uh, in the long term what we're looking at here, you know, uh, transportation links uh, to certainly U.S. cities and beyond were a big issue. We saw the Board of Trade have a whole aviation summit earlier in the year. So uh, perhaps, you know, some tough times ahead in terms of Ottawa's connections to outbound cities. But listen, Dave, we're going to start wrapping up here and uh, curious to know what you'll be working on next week. Uh, what's on your docket? Uh, yeah, well, among uh, among other things, Mike, I am uh, in continuing with the real estate theme. Um, I've, I'm going to be talking to uh, to a number of, uh, of people in the industry uh, across town just about what the new look office uh, environment will look like when um, when people do start uh, start trickling back into the office, uh, which which will likely uh, begin sooner rather than later. Um, there's all kinds of speculation as to uh, as to just um, how laid out and the whole um, uh, the whole structure of work and uh, whether it's scheduling or whether it's um, how people are spaced out um, uh, in in their offices, um, there are going to be all implications. But yeah, I'm going to be exploring that, and um, and you'll uh, you'll see more on that uh, later next week on obj.ca. Okay. Well, thanks, Dave. We're, we'll look forward to that. And, and Peter, give us a sense of what's coming up from your perspective. I know you're working and doing double duty on Techopia Live. You've got uh, an interesting guest coming up, I think. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to next week's episode of Techopia Live. Uh, we're going to be uh, interviewing uh, G Batteries. Uh, this is a really cool uh, clean tech company with a mission to uh, be able to uh, charge an electric car in the same amount of time as it takes to fill up a, a tank of gas. 
So um, lots going on with that company. In addition to, uh, to taking a look at uh, some of their uh, recent developments, we're also going to be exploring um, a topic that's affecting a lot of early stage startups and entrepreneurs uh, at the moment, which is how can you find that uh, valuable mentorship and uh, networking opportunities at a time when so many of us are working uh, at home and uh, physically distancing? Well, lots to look forward to uh, next week. So please uh, continue visiting us on a regular basis on obj.ca. Uh, this particular podcast is available, as you, uh, as most of you might know, on video. But we've also moved on to Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud in an audio format. So you can listen while you're at the gym or um, maybe uh, driving your bike or, or doing some exercise driving your car. So that's it for this week. Uh, thank you on behalf of uh, Peter Cabessi and David Sally. Uh, I'm Michael Curran uh, at the Ottawa Business Journal. Please stay tuned uh, for more continuing coverage. Thank you.